0: Hey, welcome, everybody. Believe Sports Biz, Sports Media, also heard on pod clips around the world. I'm Fred. You can email us, sportsfredadale.com. Joined by Mark Mancini, the world's worst sports handicapper, art source, uh, Galaxy Sports. Someone said Legacy Sports. Galaxy Sports out of Pennsylvania, former kicker for the Rams and the Trojans. I don't think I've ever opened a show talking about this. Let's talk women's basketball. Mark, what would you think of the women's basketball tournament? Ten million in the championship
1: baby. game. Yeah, big. You saw the big ratings and everything. Maybe it catapult the WNBA to the forefront. A lot of people don't care for the WNBA. I told you, I covered it for years, and I love it, man. I can sit there, believe it or not, as crazy as this may sound, I can sit there and watch a WNBA game, and I can watch Bowling for Dollars and, you know, maybe a golf tournament every now and then.
0: Art source uh, the women's tournament. I, I'm sure you watched some of it. What would you think?
2: I'll tell you what: two great players on both both Iowa and LSU. I didn't like the mug it up, you know, with the facial stuff and and that part of it. But I did I did see the coach of LSU. I mean, where she came up with these outfits, I got to tell you, she can put she can put the outfits together, man. The boas that are pink, and but really, I think it was immense for college women's basketball and college sports because they kind of finally got that mainstream audience into it and they played great basketball. Now, you know, we'll see if both schools get to go to the white house or not. I think that'll be an interesting situation, but overall, you know, I felt real good about that. I was upset about the men's. I thought it was a little East coast bias um, from Rafferty and, uh, and Hill. But other than that, you know, I thought San Diego state had a great season and I was happy to see the Hurley family get a championship. You know, UConn has won three in the, in this century already. That's a pretty good start.
0: You know, ironically, the women's basketball program, of course, Connecticut, always very, very strong. And they got knocked out. It would have been something for one school to have won them both. And that, that's never happened before. I, I'm 90% sure of that. Uh, that would have been uh, quite the deal, no question. All right. The loss of Jim Nance. Now, you followed him. I followed him. Mark's followed him. Mark. Uh, uh, is that going to mean something as far as uh, viewing interest down the road uh, on CBS?
2: I don't think so. I, I think I think uh, I and Eagle will do a fine job covering that up. Um, you know, Jim Nance is. is I mean, they, he does a lot for CBS. He has the voice of of a network for thirty years. He does their golf coverage, which is twenty. That's a year. Another twenty or so football games. You know, he's got his family. He's got a home in Pebble Beach, a home in Tennessee. He wants to spend more time with his family. I have no problem with that, in my, in my opinion. I mean, as you get a little older. I think you get a little more family-oriented, faith, family, and country. And I, I think it's a good move. And Plus, you let some other guys get a chance out there.
0: Mark, what do you think the loss of Jim Nance is going to mean to the tournament? Well,
1: I think Ian Eagle is going to do a great job and everything, but at least he wasn't kicked to the curb like John Elway was. I mean, that's a travesty, what happened in Denver. That's I, kinda, I went to school not too far from John Elway. and 38 you know, he,
2: years. 38 years he was with that franchise. And a lot of people don't know this. He was the key to that yep. franchise the last yep. 10 years. And, and, you know, he did make some mistakes, but Pat Bolin loved him. Pat Bolin yep. always wanted John to be a part of that franchise. And now... That's a different situation, and it, it'll it be interesting to see what it does to John Elway. Well, because he the, really – go ahead, Fred.
0: No, I was going to say, but, you know, the Walton's different ownership, that happens a lot in the world, doesn't it?
2: I, yeah, well, it seems to be happening more and more often lately. Well, here's
0: the
1: problem. If, if Walmart comes in and they got all that kind of money, Fred and Artie, yeah, if, if I'm that guy in charge, I'm going to let the organization take care of itself because it's, it's, it's been that way for years. And, you know, you might have to tweak it every now and then, but they're going to run it like somebody stocking toilet paper and paper towels in Walmart now. Well, let me, let I also try, think there's another,
2: tweet, there. there's another part of this, Fred, that people no. don't realize. No. OK, the new coach. All right. And John Elway do not see things eye to eye. OK, so that was also a part of this. I think Mr. Ellis, I think Peyton, the, the president, they had no problem. But I, I, I think at a higher level, when, you know, when, when the coach came in, he decided he wanted his own, his own vision of things, and, and he has a lot of power in that organization.
0: All right. Uh, what about the fact that they, uh, again, he was one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time, Russell Wilson, the fact that uh, he came in and uh, uh, didn't do anything uh, for the Broncos last year. Artie, what did you think of that?
2: Well, you know, Fred, we watched him for the, for nine years in Seattle and we marveled at his yeah, his yeah. ability to get out of yeah. the pocket, his ability to come from behind and win. He had this, this innate ability to make things happen in, in winning time, as magic used to call it. And it disappeared when he went to Denver. Now, I have one theory on this. I've been on the field where the Seattle Seahawks play, that AstroTurf field. Right. It is the hardest, rigidest. Coldest place to play football. And I mean, 38 degrees when it's wet and damp on that field. I'm wondering if it took a toll on his legs because he's a leg oriented guy. And I didn't see that same ability to escape the pocket like he had all those great years with Pete Carroll in Seattle.
0: Mark, you have any thoughts about uh, the great quarterback no longer in Denver?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, When I looked at, you know, what Elway did there, and I can go back to when the Broncos really weren't relevant. I remember Red Miller was there and everything. But when they drafted, uh, you know, uh, in that thing with Elway coming there, with Dan Reeves, that Bronco team year in and year out was tough to beat. And when he took the presidency over there uh, to uh, run the uh, organization too, he brought in Peyton Manning, brings in a Russell Wilson. I think when you look at corporations and and, and big corporations coming in, maybe it'll work in Washington, which I'm hoping, but in in hockey, it has worked tremendously in Vegas and Seattle. And you see how those franchises are run year in and year out. They have laid that thing and crossed the board marketing and promoting.
0: All right. Uh, believe sports business sports media also heard on pod clips around the world. All right. This year they increased the size of the baseball base for the, the, uh, the bags. Boxes. So the bags from 15 uh, by 15 to 18 by 18. So that's a major increase in size. And the reason they did it, they're trying to get more stolen bases. And uh, first week of the season, people are saying, well, the Dodgers are five and two. That's spectacular, except uh, they have one stolen base. I don't think you can win over 162 games where you're getting uh, one stolen base every seven games. And another team is getting uh, three, four stolen bases every game. Artie, uh, again, people you can use the five and two. I'm saying, and I'm the biggest Dodger fan you, you can possibly find. I think uh, Andrew Friedman and his analytics uh, have to change a little bit with the bigger bases. Uh, you can maybe, maybe make the case that stolen bases are not worth anything or trying when the bases were smaller. But now they made it bigger. Don't you have to live with what you have?
2: Well, you know, I've always thought that you have to have that mix. You have to have that mix of, of guys who can run which you like to see at the top of the order, maybe even an eighth or seventh or eighth guy in the lineup, because, you know, that way the pitcher can bun him over and he can score a myriad of different ways from third base. But I agree, Fred. I think if you're going to change the rules, you know, I know analytics say, well, you know, you don't want Mookie Betts getting hurt, sliding into second. You don't want Mike Trout pulling a muscle, stealing a base. Yeah, I, I see all of that, but you don't know want, these are world class athletes. I think, The game should be played the way the game was designed to be played, which is the way the game was played for years by the great Dodgers. You know, they get a guy on base, you steal second, hit a ground ball to second, get him over to third. You got a way to score 11 different ways you can score from third as you can from second. So I agree with you, Fred. I think the Dodgers are losing it there. I don't see a lot of team speed on that ball club. You know, they lost Bellinger. They lost Trey Turner, you know, I wonder, are they going to be able to really run the bases with the abilities that they have as well? So, I mean, Mark, this is going to be interesting to see over the season.
0: Mark, you're, well, your Padres can run a little bit. What do you think? Well, like you do. And, you know, if you
1: remember Mike Sosha when he was managing the Angels, he played small ball. Yeah. And that was very successful. They didn't have to tweak anything back then. But maybe you can help me on this, uh, Fred. I was telling my wife the other day, how many times are you guys playing Colorado and Arizona?
0: So no, well no, he, <laughs> he, he basically cut down the number of times because hey, everybody's playing everybody nineteen now. So it's,
2: well, uh, McCutcheon's getting a standing ovation at PNC Ballpark I, I got as, to say, as we say, speak.
0: So if we're talking Dodgers, I, I have to say this: I think they are out of their minds playing him at second base. You've got the best right fielder in baseball in Mookie Betts. He already has thrown out I think three base runners. You're now gambling. His career, and certainly this year, you're, the chance of getting hurt in right field versus second base might be one in 10. 10 times more possible at second base to get hurt than it, than in right field. I don't care if you go to Oklahoma City tonight and pick up a kid for three days until Vargas can play again because you got pinky finger hurt. Don't play Mookie Betts at second base. Art, agree or disagree?
2: Yeah, you got to play the guy... You got to play the guy is, 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 uh, in, in right field. He's the best right fielder in baseball. And, and, what you are know, they doing? Why? But no, in, 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 in a situation where it's a dire necessity, yes, put it in there for a couple innings. Mm-hmm. But no, there's too many other options they have. I mean, I, I, I don't understand a lot of the things that Dave Roberts does. I don't understand a lot of the things that Phil Nevin does. Okay. I'm seeing a different game. I grew up with guys like Walter Alston and Tommy Lasorda and Rod Dato and Billy Martin. And, and I look at the modern day managers and I, I just, I, I'm like, wow, you know, what are they
0: doing? Mark, what do you think about, uh, uh, the best right fielder in baseball. You, you can make the case of the best outfielder in baseball, but certainly the best right fielder in baseball. People are going to say, well, he came up as a second baseman. They didn't know he had the talent as as great as he became in right field, putting him at second base, Mookie Betts. Uh, on Tuesday night of this week, uh, he ran out for a pop-up, and, and Justin uh, uh, Jason Hayward and him hit each other, and he fell yeah. over. What if that ended his season, or what if that ended his uh, – Uh, season for a month Uh, mark your comments well you, you know when I look at this situation I don't know you usually move a guy to that kind of position that
1: towards the end of a career yeah you know or like you see what they did in Philly you know move a third baseman over open up a spot for a young phenom you go to first but yeah I don't understand what the Dodgers are doing but let me ask you Fred I mean you know this is a team that's kind of like in transition right now when you look at them if they don't do something this year I think you got to really look at, you know, the upper front office there and maybe look
0: at the Dave Roberts, wouldn't you say? No, because I think he's doing what Andrew Friedman tells him what to do. So I think it's <laughs> – no, I, no I, I'm 100% certain. I think Friedman's the analytic guy. I don't think just Dave like Roberts
2: Just does. like the Lakers in, in – And uh, men. In, in, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, you know, well, I Magic mean, well, Lebron. Magic and Lebron. LeBron. Fred and LeBron, Magic yeah. LeBron. <laughs> no, no, Lebron. I mean, the great general manager that he is. Right. Maybe but, they need a Bill Walton type in that dugout. Hell no. <laughs> uh, would that mean he'd be talking? Well, well, as long as he's not on TV, if that would keep him off television, I agree with it hundred percent. All right, for Mark, for Art, Mario. Thank you very much I Believe sports, business, sports media, and we'll see you around the corner, folks. Bye.